0: Governor Wolf is poised to veto Senate Bill 613 and mortgage forbearance is not all it's cracked up to be. Tune in to Tool Time right now. We are back on Tool Time. I'm Tom Tool. She is the amazing Jess Lyon, ready to rock here today. And we've got a couple really relevant topics, real estate related locally, nationally, as we go through this pandemic that we're all dealing with. So the first thing I wanna lead with is the local topic, which we've been talking about a lot. If anyone's been following me, I think Jess is probably sick of hearing it from me, uh, that I'm glad you're not, it's a big deal. Uh, (laughs) This week, uh, Senator Mensch from the PA Senate Proposed a bill, Senate Bill 613 that would allow for more essential businesses to get back to work. Specifically, one of them is real estate, and it got sent to the House. The House passed it on Tuesday. Wednesday it went to the Senate. Senate passed it on Wednesday. Now it's on the governor's desk, and all the reports coming out of Harrisburg are that he's going to veto the bill. What do you think about all this, Jess?
1: I look at what I do every day and I see a lot of people still going out in public. You're at the Acme and you're close to people and you're at Home Depot. There are restaurants where you're in the, you know, lobby waiting for your food, not six feet away from people, water ice stores are still open. so. I'm looking at what is really considered like essential and non-essential. Obviously food is essential, um, going to acne and things like that. But like restaurants, I I really don't know. And water ice, I'm really not sure. Um, things at Lowe's and Home Depot. Yes. Some no, but it's really concerning that he could veto this because, I have situations with clients who need to buy a property now or in the next few months, what are they going to do? And a lot we're conforming. And a lot of times we are taking the extra extra precaution and doing more things that I'm seeing out in public on a, on a normal day, you know, just doing everything that we can to keep ourselves safe and our clients safe. So I've done my part. I've submitted my letter to the governor directly. Um, just everything I can to make sure that at least I'm heard and doing what I really should be doing on behalf of my clients to help them.
0: So I, I agree with you. I think there, there's some question about essential businesses. I saw like a meme going around and I'm not big on memes except for entertainment, but this one was a picture of a guy dressed up as a Baskin Robbins ice cream with a cone to, in the mirror saying, how am I essential right now? I mean, legitimate, legitimate, you know, question. Wow. I saw um, that one. They really need that guy working, maybe the servers, but Maybe not the costume mascot. The, the, the challenge I see here and what PAR has been saying, and PAR, I, I really appreciate what Bill Festa has done. He's the president of PAR. He's down in South Philly, pretty close to where, where you are. He has pushed this aggressively. So great job, number one, by him and the rest of PAR. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, he comes to mind immediately. The challenge here is that the, the way the waivers were granted, there was no transparency in the process. Right now, there's 45 other states that have deemed real estate essential. So 90% of the country's essential. Homeland security said it's essential. And to your point, I'm not even talking about the economy. I'm talking about the safety of people. If You, you can't stay at home if you don't have a home. And there's a lot of folks that are going to be displaced or moving in with relatives. Um, I have a client who luckily is moving in with I guess it's kind of like an in-law, sort of, and, and there's like a family connection. I have her home sold. She's lucky she's able to do that because some people don't have that option. And her home is going to settlement, and she's not able to go look at options to rent or options to buy. So that's one example. And, again, grateful of that, that she had the option. That's not everybody. And, and more importantly here, because the waiver process was not so transparent, the governor's former cabinet company was open up until about a week ago. I don't know how cabinet making is essential and that's one I'm I'm going to stand on. Number 2, there there've been waivers granted for some businesses and then like kind businesses aren't getting the same waiver. So for example, like Lowe's, Home Depot, they're open, but then there's mom and pop hardware stores and smaller businesses like that where the waiver wasn't granted. So that's not an equal process and I'm all for safety. We've been totally compliant. I mean, I think, you know, you and I have talked, and there's so many weird situations that come up. And that's not just you and I, but all the other 12 agents on our team and other agents at our firm. And, I mean, this is real. I got a call from a state investigator yesterday, wasn't looking for me, got me mixed up by accident with somebody else. Um, And, like, they are talking about taking people's licenses away. So the, the challenge here is that because of the lack of transparency, because of the real basic need for shelter, and because 90% of the other country is essential, you're really hurting the citizens of Pennsylvania, bottom line. People have double mortgage payments. They're not, they're some, uh, there was an article we talked about last week in philly.com where they, the woman leased an apartment was gonna sell her house, and now she can't sell the house and has a lease she's responsible for, and she might get foreclosed on. And a foreclosure sits on your credit report for seven years. So I don't get the logic behind this. I'm not saying don't be compliant. PAR is not saying like let's go to the office and prospect and have all our normal meetings. They're right. saying the activities that people need to secure housing. Period. So to me, and you know, I don't think this governor's gonna gonna do anything. He's got his heels dug in the sand. He's been a real hard ass about it, and he's not. And I just don't. I don't get it. And and the chief of um, his health advisor. It's a pediatric doctor. It's not even about the 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 kind of medicine that you know, like Dr. Fauci. He's a for he's a, the infectious disease doctor. A pediatric doctor who's running the health department. That's great. Probably not the right doctor to advise somebody. That's like getting a commercial broker to go sell you a residential house. I got problems with this. Everybody knows. I don't know what else to say.
1: Preach. Preach. Talk
0: to the governor. And email him. We'll actually include the link here if we can. Email him and tell him to not veto this. Although I don't think it's going to
1: matter. I mean, I've done that. I've had everybody in my family do it, and I'm with you. It comes down to safety, and we're conforming, and we're doing everything as safety, as safely as we can. But there are people who need help, and that's the bottom line.
0: Well, and 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 the other challenge here too is that you know you got to look at the economy, right? I mean, people are saying the economy's tanking. The economy's tanking. Housing makes up 16.4% of the state domestic product. Mm -hmm. And anytime we as an agent sell a home, we put anywhere from 23 to 34 people to work. And most of them are listed as essential. Title insurance, mortgage companies, contractors, home inspectors have waivers, appraisers that have waivers. So there's all these other people that are getting hurt by this. So the impact isn't just on us. And that's what a lot of people don't get. Real estate is a major driver of the economy, and there's a way to go about this so the economy doesn't tank. And if you look at all the recessions in the past, the last five, prices went down twice. One of them was after the 2008 recession that happened. Obviously that was about bad lending decisions. The other time housing prices went down, they only went down 1.9%. So you know, there's a lot of information here that I don't know is being considered. And when you get 90% of the country going one way, like, I don't get what your game plan is here.
1: I'm, I, th- I think that, like you said, he has his heels dug in. And I'm sure that it's been presented to him or uh, whoever needs to know that our transaction and how we can do this without being in direct contact. We can execute without being in direct contact with other people. So I think it's a, a matter of his mind is made up on it.
0: Well, and I've talked to my state rep's office directly, and uh, I I called in, emailed him, all that stuff. But when I got a call back, which I was surprised about, I wish I could read the voicemail. I think I left my phone in the other room. It said, he's very adamant about this. I also have some other sources that have told me that his cabinet wants to say yes, and he's the only one saying no, including the lieutenant governor. So there is something going on here. And the problem I have, how is his cabinet company essential? He closed it down because of the heat he was getting. This is just crazy to me. I think the only other governor that's crazier is the guy in Michigan. I've heard of protest plan. I mean, this is gonna get nasty if he doesn't open things up in a little bit. We'll see. I hope it doesn't, and I I don't want it to. Uh, There's a decision to be made here that's gonna be the right thing for health and the right thing for the economy. It's always the middle ground. It's not the left, it's not the right, it's what's the way to work through this together. And the problem is all these votes are like down partisan lines. because These politicians can't compromise on anything. There's so much political BS going on right now. It's hurting the citizens.
1: Mm-hmm. When, when do we, I guess I, I probably should know this, but when, did, when does he vote on this?
0: I feel like I need, I'm giving everyone civics lessons when they ask me. So um, he has 10 days to decide. Um, okay. There's three options. One is he signs it. The second is he vetoes it. And the third is he has 10 days. And if he doesn't do anything in 10 days, it automatically becomes law. And then if he vetoes it, they need a two thirds vote in the Senate and the House to overturn the veto, which it doesn't look like will happen based on the initial votes. Where I think they were like six or seven short in the Senate and about 15 or 20 short in the House. So my hope is his advisors get him to do the right thing. I mean, you know, if, if, and, and the thing is, if people don't want to go look at houses, you don't have to go look at houses. If people don't want to show houses, you don't have to do that either. It's about the people that need to transact and serving the public right now. And service is one of our core values, and that's why I've got
1: a problem with this. Yep, one hundred percent.
0: All right, I'm gonna go take a take a walk right now. After that, I think the cool most off. animated I've ever cool been. Off. Cool off. So All the right. next topic, next topic. And this one also, you know, is a little is a little maddening. Here is mortgage forbearance, and you know, we talked about it like, hey, contact your lender, and that's before a lot of the details came out, and now the stories are coming out, and that in a lot of cases and there you have to talk to the right person here. And, and Jess, I know you've done a lot of research on this. So I'll let you take the lead. Uh, there was a story that came out on realorder.com that, uh, a gentleman who banks with chase, um, after like being on hold for 45 minutes, uh, and or three hours and 45 minutes. Uh, and then he talked about mortgage forbearance and the option they gave to him was, yeah, don't worry about paying your mortgage for 90 days. And during that 90 days or three months, he wouldn't make his payments, wouldn't incur late fees, wouldn't get reported to credit agencies or risk foreclosure. But once the period was over, there would be a lump sum payment for four mortgage payments after everything's done. So let's say your mortgage payment's 1500 bucks a month. Great. You owe six grand in 90 days. That doesn't really help a lot of people if they're not able to go to work. So what do you think about all this?
1: So. I can only imagine this guy's reaction on the other end of the phone when they told him that, but I personally, and I'm sure for a lot of other people would, that would not be acceptable. I'd be freaking out because not only can you probably maybe not pay your mortgage, but there's other bills on top of that. You're just getting back into work. Maybe just get getting income in again. That just wouldn't work for me. So reading through the article, um, f h a Fannie Mae Freddie Mac they have alternative plans where you can great point. Um, tack on the missed payments to the end of the term, you can refinance your loan and you know add in ten dollar or however much a month you can afford um, but I think there just needs to be something else there needs to be another alternative. we've never seen times like this before um there needs to be another option for people because that's that's just not going to fly. Luckily, I'm in a situation where uh, I'm working with someone where we're renting and they can be flexible. And these these banks need to do the same thing.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, as as a bank, you know, the easy option is no different than when your taxes go up or like something like that changes. You can you can adjust your payment, and they give you a couple options. And maybe it's when this is all over. You know, let's say you have a $1,500 mortgage payment. Well, maybe it goes up to 1600 bucks a month for the next 15 months or something. I mean, now there's interest compounded and all that. There's a way to amortize all this. But there could be an incremental way to go about this that would get the bank back their money. Um, and that's why I'm glad Fannie Mae, FHA, all, the, all those sort of mortgage governing bodies, if you will, or regulators, they came out with different plans. A lot of, I've heard the big banks are doing the same thing Chase did. I've heard it from Wells Fargo. I've heard it from the big banks. All the more reason to go to a local bank. The challenge is a lot of times those mortgages get sold, so it's really about getting the right information out there. I mean, you know, some people are going to have to do that because they don't have a choice right now. So when we're stuck in our house. I think this has been day thirty-eight or thirty-nine of the shutdown. I mean, I've been, you know, it, it's it's crazy, and you know this this is affecting the economy. Which again, like the first topic, all the more reason to open things up in a way that's going to be safe and it's going to be. Keeping the health of the public in mind, as well as the economic welfare. Um, in the in uh, some research I was doing, there uh, Mark Zandi, who's the chief economist at Moody's Analytics, he's estimating that about 15 million homeowners are going to rely on forbearance to get them through the crisis, and uh, which is about a third of all the single family mortgages. Um, so, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people relying on this, and you know, the, the key here is that. There's some big differences between now and 2008. People have a lot more equity in their homes than they used to because back in, you know, leading up to 2008, everyone was tapping that equity to do like home improvements and buy other stuff or spending their money on dumb things. I mean, that's what happened. It was irresponsible. So that's not going on right now. And additionally, we haven't seen the same incline in prices leading up to 2008 that we did the past four or five years here, where it's ranged from like four to 6% year over year appreciation. We're leading up to 2008. It was typically between 8 and 12% appreciation, which clearly is unsustainable given what happened. So the economy is in a much better spot, and really it's going to be up to the banks to protect, protect their, uh, their, their customers here, and hopefully they'll come up with a better, better solution.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So be wary is the advice here. Like get the right information and talk to some other people because you might not. I mean, you might not be in in the same in the spot you thought when like you hear the idea. It like sounds great, but may not be what you're what you're looking for.
1: Another piece of advice in, in the article I think we were reading was get on the phone and talk to someone now. Don't wait until you like can't. 100% mortgage payments anywhere. Like talk to someone right now.
0: I mean that's. And, and that, that's, some, that's some life advice right there. Like when you know you have a problem, get ahead of it. Get your head around what's going on because the, the ostrich approach never works in these situations.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so we got a quote. Um, I've been taking the lead on this just to make sure that we're being mindful of the current climate. So this comes from F.M. Alexander. So F.M. Alexander is a... Australian actor who developed the Alexander technique, which was an educational process to recognize and overcome reactive and habitual limitations in movement and in thinking. Um, this is from like the, uh, he was born in 1869, died in 1955. Google him, very inspiring individual. And, you know, in today's world, I think we get caught up in like the, the, the 2020 entrepreneurs or the 2020 thinkers, and there's a lot of wisdom if you, if you just open up the history book. So, What he said here people do not decide their futures they decide their habits and their habits decide their futures super relevant right now what do you think about all this jess
1: when i when you break it down like that like yes you can't decide your future that's big that's scary it's very unclear but when you break it down to deciding on your habits It reminds me of a book that we read, I think, when I first joined the team, The Slight Edge, Mm -hmm. talking about the little decisions are going to ultimately lead to the big curve, basically. And it's easy if you choose, you know, one right decision, you're in the trajectory up. If you choose one small one, even though it might not seem that big in the moment, trajectory, I can't say that word, you're going down. Um, Trajectory. 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 (laughs) Um, but I I I think it's you really have to focus on it. And we had a great call with Debbie Holloway yesterday, and she was talking about like setting three small goals a day that you can accomplish. Um, and I think that's a really great way to, you know, maybe build your habits that way. Like get up, set a set a time block to work until this time. Um, I want to accomplish you know, contacting these many people, or doing this with my kids, or working out—those are pretty much all the things that I have, except for the kids one. Um, I think it's much easier when you break it down to your smaller daily habits.
0: Totally agree. I mean, life is a game of inches, right? And even sometimes, and every decision you make, like there's consequences, and a lot of people don't get that. They think they can go mouth off to somebody, and it's not going to affect them, or people aren't going to look at it that way. They think they can, you know, hey, you know what? this week kind of sucks. I'll just get back to work next week. That's going to impact you. And versus like the mindset of, I get to get up. I mean, look, we're fortunate right now compared to a lot of people because while we may not be able to go out and show houses and close sales, we can still do work that's going to help us in the future. And that's about building that habit. And then you have that habit now. Well, that habit's going to determine your future way longer than this thing lasts, right? Way longer because now all of a sudden you're used to doing it every day. And it's like, well, Hey, I'm just going to keep doing it. This has been working out well. The, you know, the, the health thing is 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 a great op is a great way to look at it, just because, you know, that that's something that needs to happen every day. And you know, it's real easy to get off track. It's hard to stay on track. So stay on track. Stay on track. On track. So... Are you hearing that? Wow. that right, was, good. That wow, that was weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, I okay, think it well, maybe... might be over now because of some audio difficulties.
1: <laughs> I can hear you.
0: Okay. Here we, like we go. You. That was pretty fun. <laughs> So it's really easy to get off track, and it's hard to stay on track, and that's where it's like activities and behaviors, daily habits, whatever you wanna call it, it's about having a game plan when you go into the day, having a game plan with your week, with your month, with your year, and then adjusting and pivoting, but the, you know, the habit of generating business every day, or making prospecting calls, or working out, like you said, or just eating healthy. I mean, that, that even can change a lot of things. A buddy of mine just went plant-based, he lost 17 pounds in a month and a half. You know him. I'm not going to say who he is, but uh, I'll I'll tell you after this, but uh, I don't want to embarrass him, but I mean, and that's a habit, right? So love this, and this is a time where we can work on some habits, right? This is a time where you have, you can develop these things, so take that quote and use it in an area of your life that you've been trying to get right for a while, because now it's time to do it, because we've got a little more time than we used to.
1: I feel inspired.
0: Let's go get it. Great, great show. Jess, amazing work as always. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for watching, everybody.